Welcome to Side Talks. Corey. Yes? I'm just sitting here wondering. Okay. I have, to, I have a confession. Okay. I have been miserable for the last decade of my life because I didn't think of fucking A, buying Bitcoin in 2006. Yeah, but who, who am I? What us? do you mean all these fucking fuckers did? And B, I'm pissed off that I didn't get in this YouTube game. I can't believe... <laughs> This is the world we live in where people unwrap shit and just like get on a YouTube channel and I don't know, eat fries and stuff. Like I just, I'm having like a, an existential crisis where I'm like, what I went, everything I've done is wrong. And I'm on a podcast talking about movies. Podcasts are good, right? <laughs> and I just, I should be unboxing stuff right now. Well, I mean, we could we could turn this into a video podcast, but I don't think that would do either of us any favors. Oh man, I've just messed up, everyone. I admit it. I acknowledge it. My my, what have I done well, with my life? I could, damn it. Anyway, we're not here to listen to, my, to, to me fall apart. Well, actually, you might be. Yeah, we might be. <laughs> might be. That might come later. Maybe that is my YouTube channel. Just me having you know breakdowns because I'm not a YouTube star. They might have become one. Uh, yeah, ironically, works. that could be the very thing that oh, propels you to boy. stardom. Man, what a sad world we're living in. Anyway, um, we're not here to be YouTube stars. Otherwise, we'd have a lot more listeners. We're here to talk about movies. I'm Rachel Morgan. That's Corey Craft. You ready? Yep. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Bro Cephas, it's Rachel and Corey. Hi. 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 It's been a minute since we've talked to you. It has. Can you hear me okay? I'm in yeah. the Country Music Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you hear, like, Hank Williams in the background or something, that's totally normal. I'm just at the Hall of Fame. It's no big deal. Is that just what you do in Nashville? <laughs> when you live in Nashville, everybody reveal, Lisa lives in Nashville. We haven't mentioned that before. When, if you live in Nashville, are you just, like, on a weekly basis? You're like, oh, I'm just... I come here over. weekly. I have a membership. No, um, no, like, no, it's really funny. So, my friend Emily is moving to New Orleans this weekend, and she has never been, and she's born and raised here. So, she kind of was like, I feel like I should go before I move. So, and I've only been one time years ago when Connie's parents came to town, and we did it as, like, a, you know, family tourism kind of deal. Like, entertain the fam while they're in town type of deal. Right. So, this is only my second time, but you know what I've already seen. Oh, I have no idea. Let's hear it. Well, first of all, two of your faves. I saw a beautiful sequined ensemble worn by the very own Tay Tay. <gasps> wow. Mama Tay, did you get on your fucking knees? <laughs> okay, I took a picture of it to text you, and then she's got these little booties she wore in 2019. <laughs> um, it's beautiful it's like sequins oh so good and then i also have gotten to see which i remember this from last time elvis has a car here with like gold oh yeah everything mm. and it's got yeah. a tv and a fridge and a microwave and, as you know, one does elvis. sure as, and as elvis does. in ground up diamonds and fish scales Oh, I could avoid the so fish scales, Elvis. What were you thinking? But I mean, oh, but it's pearlescent. Yeah, he's usually so tasteful in his choice of de- hey, decor. Elvis gonna Elvis. <laughs> also, let us know when you get to the Reba room. Oh yeah, I mean, there's sure. got to be one, right? There's a whole room for Reba. Bit. There should be. Yeah. Well, there's a Reba. Se- there's a section. I'm sure of it. I definitely remember that floor. I'm sitting on a bench at the top of the uh, top floor, and there's one more whole floor. And the downstairs floor is like 90s through today, so that's mm. where it's right. really good, and the hair gets big, and we're like really going for it. I love that. I love that. Wow. Well, we are sorry for interrupting your prayer time. Oh, no. No, no, no. It's no problem. I'm just having a day at the museum. It's no problem at all. Well, tell us what you've been watching. Um, okay, this is one that I'm really baffled that I missed it because it came out when I was in high school and it feels like a movie I would have seen and I saw the things contemporary at this time that were scary, but I somehow never did see The Ring. 
Wow. Ooh. I know. Ringo. Uh, yeah, so, well, so actually, no, we watched the um, American one with Naomi Watts. Ah, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm not going to complain about that. No. I actually like that one a Yeah, lot. it's really good. It was good. It was really good. And now I'm definitely going to go back and watch the real deal Japanese one. But, um, the, yeah, the, like, the whole thing was great. Um, it was very moody and suspicious, suspenseful. Like, okay, here's the thing, though. I just have a few notes. Like, her, <laughs> the little child, this is a lot like Deep Into the Ocean or whatever, where it's like, why did you bring your t- kid to this reunion? And, like, why are you losing it? Like, it's the same. Like, she, this little kid of hers just somehow finds this tape because he couldn't sleep, and he's, like, found it and put it on, and now he got ringed or whatever, cursed. <laughs> and she's like... It feels like, well, as Tony pointed out, it's like an allegory for having a gun in the house with children. Oh, I agree. Also, can we uh-huh, pause for uh-huh. one second, Lisa, so that Brad, I just want to make a note. We'd add a little ringy sound effect here because I think it should be noted that Lisa just connected the deep end of the ocean with the ring. And that has never, <laughs> ever happened before. It's so we need a little, before. you know how they ring a bell at Trader Joe's for uh-huh. whatever reason? Oh, we need that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I did not mean to interrupt. Just want to pri- no, no, no. wanted to prize you, bro. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, continue, Uh-oh, please. Did we did we lose her? Uh oh, something just happened. That was the, uh, did Sky- we lose her in the bowels of the country hall, country music hall of fame? Yeah, I think we lost the connection. Yeah. that was the. It Skype was a big sound. prize. Here, it's ringing again. Hello. Hey. Hi, we lost you in the bowels of the country music <laughs> hall of fame. I swear, I didn't. <laughs> I got the full LTE right now. Um, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, anyway, okay, sorry. So couple, Continue, please. Other notes, like the okay, the dad. So I'm going to give you some spoilers, but it is a 19 year old movie, so I guess it's okay, yeah, right? Go for it. Um, spoiler alert. <laughs> but like, there's uh, the dad character. Like when she, so Naomi Watts, investigatively journalisms and finds out the whole thing with the dad, and they adopted this weird girl, and, you know, the whole thing. Right. Well, anyway, about that time that she makes it out to his horse farm in the middle of nowhere, he's, like, had it, and he's driven crazy, and he's going to kill himself. And he, it's so elaborate. Like, if you recall yes. the scene, I mean, there's, like, multiple extension cords and plugs, and it's, like, things wrapped around his neck, yeah. and he's like, I'm going to do it. And he jumps in the tub, and it's like, couldn't just the hairdryer do that, bro, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah. do you need that much? You just need juice? one electrical item. Keep pumps. One, like all of the electricity in the house into yes. a horse bridle and puts it around his neck, around his neck and submerges yes. himself into a bathtub. And this is legendary character actor Brian Cox, by the way, who is oh, doing this. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, oh, she, she never sleeps. She's coming after me. And he just goes up like a fucking Roman candle. You know it what is I call hilarious. that? I call that commitment. It's it's when it's when you absolutely positively do not trust a hairdryer to get the job done, and you're like every single fucking plug in this house is going to send me straight to hell. You know what I think? I thought he I think he saw what women want and thought that he might just put the he he might put the hairdryer in and be able to just read women's minds. (laughs) Exactly. That's a good. You made a good, really good connection with the ring too. You heard a bell, ring, 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 like Trader Joe's. That's good. <laughs> We're just, what's the connection? We're weaving an intricate web around <laughs> the ring right now. Oh, what a tangled <laughs> web you weave. When well, at first I, you link just, the ring to other shit. <laughs> oh my gosh, I know. It's starting. We're, oh, we're getting cursed. Like, okay, also, I wasn't a horse girl, but I know people that were horse, horse girls. And let me just tell you, there is a gruesome horse death. A horse suicide. <laughs> like, 
Oh my gosh. Okay. Wow. Heads up. Like be alert. When you see a horse, no, just if you're a horse person of any kind and you don't want to see that, like, whoa, that horse <laughs> diced and sliced. The, the and fucking horse, the horse is like, fuck this and jumps into the <laughs> propellers of this ship. It is <laughs> hilarious. Oh be, man. Spo- wait, no, we did trigger warning. Trigger. Get it? Trigger warning. Oh, God. Horse, oh, horse oh, suicide. God. Horse suicide. Nice. Um, and then, so here's another note. Okay, so at the end, there's an allusion to a sequel because they're like, they realize, again, spoiler yeah. alert, that they have to show or make a copy of the tape and then presumably show it to someone else. Like, you right. have to like, pass on the curse. Mm-hmm. So I had a question. What if you showed it to a blind person? <laughs> Riddle me that. That is a great question. And, and also, we could now link a bunch of other films with blind people. Exactly. Like that Val Kilmer then, well, movie? Like friend, that Val Kilmer film, <laughs> Out of Sight or whatever. <laughs> Something like that. Oh, um, my other friend had a theory. What if you found, which this seems really elaborate and would be hard to convince anybody, but what if you found like a death row inmate? Oh, oh. And then you had that's a great it? one. That's it's a great funny point. that you bring this up because there is a deleted subplot from this movie that has Chris Cooper as a death row inmate that she's interviewing at the beginning of the movie. And at the end of the movie, she drops off the tape at his cell. Wow. But they cut you know that what? out completely. Real? Yeah, yeah, right. for, for real. Lisa, did you write the ring? Just oh tell God, us. Did I the ring? <laughs> <laughs> but but I guess they left it open ended because it was a creepier make- you know a mm-hmm, creepier ending mm-hmm. to be like who are they going to show the tape to what's going to happen next that road. yeah they had to pave that road and for then, that yeah, ring yeah got to get that sequel sequel yeah and the sequel mm-hmm. there, there's a the, the ring two which came out a couple of years later and then a recent attempt to reboot the franchise called Rings and they're both I saw that terrible. there was one called Rings that that's very bad. recent apparently yeah. yeah. Terrible, hmm. terrible, Man. terrible. Well, it is the season for watching yeah, this. We, yeah, we only watch scary movies in October, so we've watched The Ring and um, The Conjuring Hell and yeah. Poltergeist so far. Hell oh, man. Don't even get me started do on Poltergeist. It I, is, I could talk for the next 20 years about that. I love movie. it. Oh, my gosh. So here, I do have a thing to note, but now having seen all three of these in the last you know, week or so, yeah. you know, okay, you've got this horse that, spoiler alert, gets, it happens bad. And the ring. And then over in The Conjuring, again, spoiler alert, there is a dog. And, well, things don't end well for the dog. Which nope. I knew they yeah. wouldn't as soon as right. I saw the dog. Okay, but like Poltergeist, you know, I hadn't seen it in years, but it, I, I love it. I know it. They go to so much lengths to show the dog alive repeatedly. They even send the dog off with the little boy. At right. the end, they're like, get in the car, doggy. We're heading out of here. Like, they... I love it. I love how much care was taken with that little dog back in the back in the early eighties. Like they knew people don't want to see that, and they took care of us, and I appreciated that. Modern movies, they're like you see a horse or a dog, Mm-mm-mm, don't get attached. It's about to die. Um, also, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. What, let's just give a hats off to that opening scene of Poltergeist too, where we kind of follow the dog through the house. I yeah. mean, the dog kind of brings Genius. us into the story. I agree, Lisa. That There's was so many good things. Care and kindness. Plays a very important role. Uh huh, and they keep showing it, and they're like, "Don't worry, the dog's still with us." And I mean, he's a very—I I appreciate that as a dog person. I do too. And plus, these poltergeist bitches—they don't want that dog. They want fucking no, Carol they, Ann. They want Carol. They want Carol Ann. They want the they good want stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. So leave these horses and dogs alone, bitches. Yeah, please, please, just haunt Carol Ann. Just get Carol Ann and get her ass out of here. Oh, I shouldn't even say and that because we know the that that goes story. Yeah, well, the mom from the Conjuring definitely. But anyway, we'll let we'll let you get back to the Country Music okay. Hall of Fame, and again, give you know, send me a photo when you get to the Reba I'm section. I'm gonna text you that picture. Of oh, Tay, I need uh, I need Mama Tay's. Please, please. I'm gonna send it right over. All right, well, have fun, Lisa. <laughs> we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye, Ross. What up?
And now we'd like to welcome Charlie Brown Sanders III to the studio for his segment, Film History Minute with Charlie Brown. Today I would like to talk about one of my all-time favorite films, The Testament of Dr. Mabuse. Because Fritz Lang made this film before the Nazis came to power, it might be considered as the first anti-Nazi propaganda film. As soon as they did come to power, the film was banned because Nazi propaganda minister Joseph Goebbels said it was subversive in nature and it might contain the possibility to incite people to antisocial behavior and terrorism against the state. According to Fritz Lang, Joseph Goebbels invited him to a meeting and Goebbels said himself, Hitler loved his earlier movies, citing Die Nieblungen and Metropolis. However, they did not like his latest movies so much. The reasons are simple. M and the Testament of Dr. Mabuse could be interpreted as metaphors of the rising Nazi ideology, and the former depicts an underground eagle organization replacing the police, and the latter shows an insane leader of an organized crime using Nazi slogans. Despite this, and because of his reputations and skills, Goebbels offered Lang to be an official movie director of the Nazi regime. Lang said he would think about it. He then later stated he fled that same evening for Paris. Another story, though, and it's impossible to know whether or not it's true, is said that after Goebbels made his proposal, Lang replied, But you must know my mother was Jewish, to which Goebbels said, We decide who is Jewish or not. Fritz Lang, who was fluent in French, simultaneously shot a French-language version of the Testament of Dr. Mabuse under the title Le Testament du Docte Mabuse. The German cast members who were not fluent in French were replaced with French-speaking actors. Rudolf Kleinroge had his dialogue replaced with an early form of dubbing, and the film was banned in Germany. So the world premiere was held on April 21, 1933 in Budapest, Hungary, in its original 124-minute version. The film was not shown to the German public until August 24, 1951, when it was presented in an edited 111-minute version. By 1942 to 1943, Lang had established his anti-fascist credentials by citing his Midnight Dash, and enunciating the supposedly anti-Nazi theme of the Testament of Dr. Mabuse. But in Germany in 1932, Lang was a commercial filmmaker at the height of his powers. Two of his great successes had been Dr. Mabuse the Gambler and M. Although Lang had previously stated that he would not make another Mabuse film, the canny producer talked him into it. With Testament of Dr. Mabuse, Lang extends on the themes of Dr. Mabuse the Gambler through the addition of sound. Lang plants details on then-recent news items to give credibility to this tale of hypnosis, insanity, and mindless mass destruction, and the film's incidents of the theft of explosives and poisons from pharmacies, blackmail, and a jewel robbery had all been sourced from Berlin's newspapers at the time. Documentary inserts of street life add a realistic touch, and again, like Mabuse the Gambler, police procedural details abound. No less than three of the main characters are insane for much of the film, and through various techniques, Lang helps the audience to experience this disturbing psychosis. Although Lang attempted to create a largely realistic film, he did not abandon his capacity for creating spectacular, unusual imagery. The triggering of a new scene by some aspect of the previous one frequently has a strangely disorienting effect. A sound suggests one thing, and the image suddenly shows something else. The viewer requires a moment to readjust. Also on occasion, there is a misleading ambiguity about the cues. In the process, Lang creates the disorder that Mabuse strives for. This sound image editing technique also has the added benefit of increasing the film's momentum. Despite its significance as one of the only two sound films Lang made before leaving Germany, Testament is ultimately not as remarkable as M. 
because it lacks Peter Lorre's memorable, soul-wrenching performance. However, Testament is still a great film that provides a perfect summation of Lang's German career. Well, thank you so much for listening to this new episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal, cinematic, Reverend Eric Camden and Happy. No, that's not ringing any bells. Okay, well, that would be, where do you go? Seventh Heaven. Can you do the Seventh Heaven theme song in here? I think we've done it before. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Where do you go? That's the only part I Wait, know. okay. It, Reverend Eric Camden, is that old Stephen Collins? Yeah, old Stephen, Stephen Collins. Old Stephen Touchy-Feely Collins. Old, 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 yeah, let me, I just, any any nickname I was about to give him is too gross. I right. Can't do it. <laughs> um, we'll leave it at Touchy-Feely, even though I don't know if he touched, well, I don't want to get into Let's it. Let's not even do it. Uh, bad guy, turns out. Turns out, old Red, uh, Rev Eric Cam was nasty. So who um, is Happy? Happy's the dog. Oh, okay. So you get a choice between between being Reverend Eric Camden or Happy. A dog or a sex offender. Got it. Yeah. Um, I, you know, hard, if the choice is choice. mine, I'm going to go with the dog. Let's remember what Lisa said about dogs and movies, Corey. Well, that's true. Well, But know. Happy does make it through Seventh Heaven from what I understand. Good. So. And, you know, hang out with Jessica Biel some. And, yeah. You feel know. like you're going to church every day a little bit. Yeah. That's not ideal, but, you know, whatever. At least Ugh. I'm not a pedophile, if anyway. that's my only other option. Anyway, yeah. Well, it is in this case. So. Um, that's unfortunate. Uh, thanks to Boutwell Studios. We appreciate you. Thanks to Splash96 <laughs> for our music. Thanks to Revelator Coffee for thanks, being our yeah. sponsor. Thanks for sponsoring us even when we go off on tangents about Stephen Collins. <laughs> for Brave. I mean, you you heard this podcast. Thanks to thanks so much to Revelator Coffee. You know, I, every time I go in there, I want to be like, hey. Thanks for sponsoring my podcast. Oh man! And then I, I don't, I don't want to get. That sounds slimy. I know it does. That and sounds I, very I, Rev Eric Cam. I don't want to get the vacant looks from from the people who are just trying to, <laughs> you know, get through a shift at work of like, wait, what, what pod, what are you talking about, Corey? Dude? Though Sam, am I right? Uh, can I? How many number of plays did we have? You're not going to believe this. What? Six hundred seventy. I'm sorry. Thirty days. What? 30 days. Say really? it again. Thirty-six hundred and seventy. Thirty-six hundred and seventy plays how in the last 30 days we have listeners we popular thanks for listening y'all we fun I, I we're some of those things i guess um uh, wow. turns out people want to hear us talk about seventh heaven okay well <laughs> if that's the case i've got a lot of fucking Where television do you to watch go? Let's, let's go out with that theme song let's yeah. go out with that sidewalkfest.com at sidewalk film on social media we're fading out with seventh heaven theme you know i've never really seen go? an episode of the show oh you don't know what you're missing. I'm not going to go back and start now, though. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.